Hello, and welcome to the Headache Doctor Podcast. I'm Dr. Taves, your host. As always on this podcast, it's our mission to educate and empower everyone with headaches and migraines so that you can break free from a life of fear and dependence and thrive in everything you do. Today's podcast, we're going to talk about four perceptions of migraines that can be detrimental to your health. We're going to talk about the perceptions around the migraine diagnosis, some things that can be good about receiving a migraine diagnosis, but then a lot of bad things that can come about from that, if not taken in the right context. We're going to talk about perception of migraines in kids. Parents, what should you be looking for? What are some preconceived notions or things that you've been taught that maybe are going to be a barrier to you seeing that your your child going through headaches or migraines as a problem and a barrier to you finding the right solution for them. We're going to talk about primary care neurology and if that is the right the correct route, the right response, if we should how we should look at primary care and neurology within the context of headaches and migraines and treatment and diagnosis. And then lastly, we're going to talk about the idea of growing out of this, and uh, if we should if we should view this as a problem that we're going to grow out of someday, uh, or if there is something that can correct it, which a little bit, if you've listened to any other podcast, you probably know the answer to that. So, without further ado, first the perception that comes with a migraine diagnosis, the medical world labels migraines as a disease, it's very important for you to understand. They will use the term migraine. And when they take the S off the end, it is them saying that this is a disease process that uh, it's almost as if you are now going to identify with, with migraines. It's a part of who you are. It's a disease process that the only solution, or I, I don't even know if I want to call it a solution, but the remedy and the hope that, that that remedy provides, so medication being the remedy, and the hope is that the severity and the frequency or intensity of your symptoms will reduce with the with trialing different medications. So you find that right medication, and it reduces the severity of the symptoms and the frequency so that you don't have as disabling of a disease process, and that disease is migraines. Now, that's a pretty hopeless understanding, and that's a pretty hopeless diagnosis. There's also this thought that there's it's a vascular problem, a chemical imbalance. Maybe you're genetically doomed because your mother or father had the same issue. And these are theories. These are not proven. These are not things that you go in the research and they say, here's, here's solid evidence to say it's a vascular problem or a chemical imbalance. Uh, actually, what the most re- recent research is saying is that they don't know. Um, they're connecting it to things like serotonin, these new CGRP drugs, and uh, seeing a cascade of events chemically that happen within the brain. But that does not mean that they're looking at the cause. They're basically looking at a process that the brain goes through when you experience a migraine. And so ha- not having a cause is something that can be very deflating for people. And it's, so it's important to understand or understand that the diagnosis of migraine, even if you go to your doctor's office and you have a conversation, they diagnose you with migraines. And even if they confidently say this is a vascular problem or a chemical imbalance, or this is a genetic issue, uh, just know that they are not speaking. uh, Maybe they're speaking incorrectly or from a place of confidence where likely they shouldn't because those things have not been proven. And so there's a, there's that 
The opposite of that is that we don't have an answer, which is also not very hopeful, but providing you with a um, an answer that is connected to the vascular problem, chemical imbalance, or genetically doomed, that those are not super helpful either because basically you're just tied to this medication and hoping that it works. How do we get a diagnosis of migraines? We get it based on symptoms. So if you have a throbbing pounding sensation, one side of your head, that's a debilitating pain, often accompanied by sensitivity to lights and sounds or a visual disturbance, you will get the diagnosis of a migraine. That means that there's no testing that is finding anything objective to provide you with, yes, this is what a migraine is. It means this thing is wrong. It's not saying that. They're basically just listening to your grouping of symptoms and then placing you in a category with a bunch of other people that have those same symptoms. And then we happen to call it migraines. And we happen to have a series of interventions of medications that tend to help people with migraines. But the outcomes for that and the solution being medication is not very hopeful for people because it doesn't always work. And the, the chance of that medication actually providing you with relief in the sense like it goes away forever, that's, that's not even something the medical field will say. Again, it's just reducing the frequency and the intensity, maybe, and then all these medications have side effects. So again, it's, it's just pretty hopeless. But the perception here is that, um, so receiving that migraine diagnosis, the perception of that, what's, we're going to talk about some things that are maybe beneficial to the, the diagnosis of migraine. And then we're going to talk about a few things that are detrimental. So first off, the migraine diagnosis helps other people understand. So other people in your life understand that this isn't just a headache. Many people that we talk to, any, many patients of ours struggle because this is not a like physical ailment that people can look at. They don't see you with crutches or a boot on your leg. They don't see you in any sense of you being unhealthy or unwell. It's a manifestation of pain that, that it might change. I mean, a lot of our patients will get pale, they'll get nauseous, they'll look fatigued. They may have like even droopiness uh, on their eyes. And those things are physical manifestations, but even with that, it can be hard for people to understand why you can't go to work or why you can't get out of bed, why you can't function. And so it's very hard for people to go through this process without having the like, hey, look, like my, my leg is broken and there's an actual cast to fix it. Like it proves that I can't do X, Y, or Z. It's hard because migrants don't have that. The migraine diagnosis also allows MDs to know what medication to prescribe. So in the realm of Western medicine, that diagnosis then sets you on a route of trialing different medications, and oftentimes it gets you to a more effective medication. Now, that's the medication route. A lot of what we do is try to provide people with an alternative route. If you are listening to this podcast and you have not tried medications, it's probably because you, you know that that's not the route you want to go because it's, it's managing symptoms and you want to find the core, the cause, the actual root. If you have tried the medications and they have not proven to be effective and you're listening to this podcast, um, then you understand that that route is not, it's not addressing the root. It's not addressing the actual source of symptoms. Otherwise, uh, it would have solved the problem. And then the other, the other, so there is benefit because it helps the MD know 
what to prescribe. And then the third benefit out of getting a diagnosis of migraines is it can create a community where others can connect and help solve this problem. So again, we put a label on it and then other people with that same label that have the same symptoms can then like in a Facebook group, there's these Facebook groups with tens of thousands of, of people that all share about their experiences and what medication worked, what didn't, is acupuncture helping? They, they share about their journey of trying to solve this problem. And so that can be very helpful to identify with someone else in what they're going through and then be able to help them and vice versa. So how is that detrimental though? So the patient um, perception of having a disease allows your identity to potentially get caught up as a migraine sufferer. And that's one of the things we work with our patients on is we don't want you to feel like your identity is in being, your identity should not be caught up in migraines. It shouldn't be caught up as a migraine sufferer. But for a lot of our patients, when you have migraines a couple times a week, it's hard not to separate who you are from being constantly having, having to change your schedule, uh, cancel work, cancel plans with friends or family. And people start to know you as someone with migraines. Um, but then the, the perception you have is that this is a disease. So it's just part of who you are. It's like, you know, having red hair or, uh, blue eyes and uh, you also have migraines, but we, we want to separate that. So that's a, that's a bad perception. So the other thing that, that people can get into is, um, what is wrong with me and why can't anyone figure it out? Had a conversation with a patient this morning where when providers fail to help them and they have, you know, their, their impressive offices and they went to these prestigious universities and they can't help the patient, then the patient starts to think what's wrong with me. And so having the diagnosis of migraine without anything objective behind it can be kind of defeated can feel defeating for people because they now think there's something wrong with them because our, our healthcare world, our healthcare profession can't figure it out. And so it's, it's just you, you're the problem. Perception of not knowing the underlying cause, uh, can make going through life, um, never knowing when one will strike, it can make going through life a crippling thing. So the diagnosis of migraine not being connected to that underlying cause is, is just, it's hard to live with feeling like no one can understand what is happening to me, always having your medication in your purse or by your side, because you don't know when another one's going to strike and not knowing what is actually causing that is a very crippling thing. So that perception is negative. And then the last thing is the perception of what if something is seriously wrong? Our central nervous system is very responsive to how we perceive pain. And if we don't have an answer, meaning for most of our patients, they do have a neck issue. And if that neck issue, if we don't shed light on that and just communicate that your neck is the problem, then people, they start to, they, they start to snowball into this, well, what if there's something more serious that's not being caught? And then every time those symptoms onset, you start to feel a headache or you have your aura, you start to have fear and anxiety around that. And so part of what we want to do is really just educate people on what the most likely scenario is, because it is something that can be managed and improved upon, 
even if we just tell you your neck is the issue, there's likely some things that you'll change. You'll start to think about your neck throughout the day. You'll start to think about your posture. What are some positions that cause your neck to be tighter? Maybe we start avoiding those things. And just understanding the underlying problem can be very helpful for people. And it, it can take them out of this, like I said, central sensitization where they're building up more of a problem in their head than it actually is. Now, don't get me wrong. Migraine symptoms are debilitating. They're awful. They, they're crippling. It feels like your head's going to explode for a lot of these people. And so I don't want to diminish the impact of the actual symptoms, but understanding that this is this, this could be a neck problem. It could be my jaw. It could be a series of things, but problems that can be solved as opposed to just, we don't know what's wrong with you. Uh, just take this medication whenever you get these symptoms. All right. So that's the negative perceptions that come with being diagnosed with migraines. Now, don't hear me that I'm saying we shouldn't diagnose with migraines. I think this is a whole nother podcast, but the the idea is not to totally um, change the structure, May, maybe long-term we look at that. Right now, I just want people to understand when they receive that diagnosis of migraines, what that means, because that's important for you um, as as an individual receiving that, that you don't perceive that incorrectly. All right, so perception in kids. We see kids often, and one of the things that we see in their parents is that the parents often think of their child as being resilient. And I'm not going to say that's totally wrong, but in the case of a child with headaches, having this understanding in the mom or dad that the child's resilient and they'll grow out of it is usually wrong. Um, because if you're listening to this and you're in your thirties or forties, you're like, no, I, I didn't grow out of that. The other perception is kids are fine. They can rub it off. So your child has a, a whiplash injury. Maybe they have a bad fall in the trampoline or a bike accident, whatever. They're fine. They can rub it off is, is okay. Like, yeah, we want to build some resiliency in our child, but you also want to be watching for any sort of uh, neck issue that pops up later and that, that can present as headaches. And so connecting our child's falls and uh, in, in injuries, especially when it involves the head and neck, is important because later on, if they, if they start complaining of headaches, we want to be able to trace it back to that. And then the other, the other thing that we hear often is like, it's only every now and then that they complain of a headache. And this is a big one because headaches are not a normal experience. They're very common, but they're not normal. And so if your child is having headaches, even if it's like every three months or a couple times a year, now again, the, the transition from this is just an occasional thing to I need to get treatment for this because it's taken over my life, usually there's a shift there and the tension increases to the point where you, where you say, okay, we need to get our child in to see someone. And if it's twice a year, most people are not going to bring their son or daughter in to see me if it's twice a year. But I want you to understand that if you have headaches or migraines and your son or daughter is starting to have headaches or migraines, headaches or migraines are not a normal thing. And so we need to, I would prefer that even after the first headache, we actually look at 
at the neck and the jaw. And, and we look at these different systems and how they're functioning in order to address it early on, because we, we want to save them from these decades of potential headaches and migraines that might be in their future. And, uh, I always love that because it's, it's sometimes hard, especially if parents don't have headaches or migraines to explain to them the impact that this could have on their life. And, uh, if, if the parents are in that mindset of my child's really resilient, they're going to be fine. It's only occasionally, um, those to me feel, um, dangerous feels like too strong of a word, but it, it feels incorrect. And as a provider being on the other end of it, working with people that have lost years, uh, or many, many, many days and many dollars and trying, you know, emotionally taxing, trying to figure this out. It would be very helpful if I could get kids into the clinic at the onset of their symptoms. Kids can present with significant restrictions uh, and the onset of migraine symptoms at a young age. So because kids, we think, oh, they don't have enough life experience to have these problems. Again, what I'll say is that they, yeah, kids, headaches should not be overlooked, but their head is almost like adult sized and the stability in their neck is not quite there yet. Now, granted in a lot of our adult patients, it's like stability is something that's not there either, but especially as kids, we have a, we have bobbleheads up front in our office because we want people to feel like they can move their neck, but stability is also a major player in this. And kids generally, especially uh, young girls are not going to have the stability that they need to maybe be doing these uh, stunts in, in gymnastics or cheer, or, uh, if they're in dance or there, there really is a whole host of things that could happen. It doesn't mean you like pull your kids out of all this stuff. I just want you as parents to be aware that uh, headaches are never normal. It doesn't just because they haven't had that many years of life doesn't mean that they can't have this issue. It actually means that they're, they're probably more likely to have it because the onset of headaches and migraines does happen in adolescence and uh, their neck is fairly weak. So they're prone to these types of injuries. Uh, we have also, so in kids, we've seen a lot of like GI issues that accompany the headaches. And so be on, on the lookout for like uh, discomfort, change in diet. Maybe they, they get nauseous and they end up throwing up and maybe headaches aren't like the primary uh, complaint or that's not what they're really um, saying is like their, their main issue. But if GI issues is ever accompanied by any sort of head or head, headed head pain or headache, I would, I would take that as like, Oh, this might be signs of a migraine because kids aren't as good at, at explaining what they're feeling. We've had several kids like that with like major GI issues. Um, one child, uh, the, the teacher noticed that he was dealing with migraines because the teacher has migraines and, uh, and the child, um, just looked pale, like sick. And the teacher thought, well, that's how I feel when I have a migraine. And, uh, she sent the child to come see us. And of course the, the child's neck was very tight and he felt better after we worked on him, even after a couple of visits. Um, if your child feels off frequently, but there's like no other explanation that they feel off again, could be a neck issue, could be presenting like migraines. Uh, and then if your child's involved with sports, that is any type of head or neck trauma, um, then we, we would want to at least screen for that. So if your child has been through some sort of head or neck trauma and you're just curious, like, should 
Should I have their neck looked at? Um, bring them in because the neck should never be painful. It should never be sore or sensitive. And typically on these kids, it is very sore and very sensitive and it'll pop up right away. Like it's not hard for us to understand if there's a neck problem and the body should never um, feel that way when we try to move it in a, in a pattern that it should normally move. All right. Third, your primary care physician and neurologist are the most equipped to handle this situation. That's the perception. Okay. I might step on some toes with this and don't hear what I'm not saying. I'm not saying that, that, uh, primary care physicians and neurologists don't have their place in this, um, because they do. I'm not saying medication never has its place because it does. We have patients, um, that respond very well to medication. It can be useful, but to have the perception in your mind that they're the most equipped, best equipped to handle this with their background, with their education, I would say that I want to push against that perception. They have their spot, they have their role in the whole realm of treating headaches and migraines. Um, but I think if we're going to look at root causes and the actual source of what's happening, I would argue that physical therapists are probably best trained in how to understand this problem. Now, Again, I, I have whole podcasts on this, but to summarize, to, to put an asterisk on that, if you just go to your local physical therapist and say, hey, can you treat my migraines, the chance that they will do something that is going to lead to lasting relief is low. It's not a high probability that you'd find that. And so I, I, may, I may sound like it's, it's kind of like <laughs> there's no hope. Um, I'm just saying that we have, we have people fly in from all over and I would love that they wouldn't have to do that at some point. Uh, as we get this training out here and we educate people, maybe we have other locations, things like that. But for right now, most of the patients we see, I've seen other physical therapists and the things that the physical therapists are doing are helpful, uh, but it's not getting quite to the source of the issue. Uh, which if you're asking what is the source of the issue, go back and listen to one of the episodes where I talk about the most overlooked cause of headaches and migraines. Um, so understand that the primary care doctor and the neurologist are trained at a sort of a, a chemical cellular level. And so they're, they're equipped to diagnose you with migraines, as we talked about, is diagnosis based on symptoms, and then to understand what medication you might respond to interactions with medications, contraindications with medications. And the neurologist is just better at doing that specifically with migraines, uh, meaning they might have more potent medications. They might introduce Botox. Um, they just manage more people with migraines and they have some special training on what that symptom management looks like. But to understand like so this being a neck problem for a lot of people, or at least the neck being a major component, um, the primary care doctor or the neurologist, really, they are not trained in that realm in the sense that understanding the biomechanics and how to test for loss of motion, uh, what sensitivity in the suboccipital area means and how do we correct that, um, that's not something that they're trained in or would feel comfortable with. Whereas physical therapists, understanding biomechanics uh, of the neck and how to restore that, we apply these same principles to other spot parts of the body. And that's why I'm saying the background of physical therapist is probably the best to be treating these patients. It's just that specifically working with migraines, 
um, is not something most physical therapists are comfortable with, even though they have the, the understanding that sort of the foundation, uh, to get there. Um, a couple other things here. So as you're going from provider to provider, that perception of the primary care doctor and the neurologist are best equipped. It can be very deflating because you just, you're going through the system thinking, well, if I just find the right neurologist, if I just find the primary, the right primary care doctor, um, then they'll be able to help me. Now I'm not saying that like there are definitely better neurologists, uh, out there, like, like there are good ones and there are bad ones. And there are ones that, um, have, have written books on diets and triggers. And those things are very helpful for people. Um, but again, if, if this is a neck issue that needs to be solved, it's not going to be found in the neurologist's office. Um, now a good neurologist might be connected with someone that works on the neck and be able to help direct you to them. And that would be a great outcome, but don't go through our healthcare field thinking that one of these two providers is going to be your solution because there's a good chance it's not. Um, if you're unable to find that person that, um, will speak to the why that can also be very deflating. So it's rare that we have people come in that have ever been, that it's ever been discussed as, as far as like, why, why am I getting these symptoms? And so that can be a really hard thing for people because they want to know the why they want to know what is the problem and how do we solve it? Um, all right. So lastly, the perception of, I will grow out of this and we won't spend much time here, but the idea that you will grow out of this, whenever I hear someone say that, it's just a, it's a very, um, it just feels so hopeless, especially because they might be in their 40s and they're just thinking, if I can just get to my like mid 50s or late 50s, so like 10, 15 years, um, then then I'll be good because that's what my my mom experienced or my dad. They kind of grew out of them, and that to me just it feels very hopeless. It it shows how our healthcare system handles migraines. Um, when people are left to just think they just need to grow out of it. And, and it's just so sad because you're losing some of these people. It's multiple days a week. Like they can't function. They can't take full-time jobs. They can't play with their kids or be involved in their kids' sporting events, or they can't travel like they want to. They can't vacation. And to just think that, that you've already dealt with this for a couple of decades and your only way out of this is just to be 55 um, and wait another 15 years. Oh, man. It, yeah, there's got to be a better answer than that. And, uh, and there is. And we don't, if, you, if that's you, um, please reach out because, oh, my goodness, we, we want to help you. Um, that is a very hopeless way to look at this. And that's a perception that, that we need to educate you out of and show you that, hey, there are some things you could do. And again, that means virtually, that means in person. And uh, we, we, yeah, we would love to help you. Uh, this is a problem. We get passion every time a new patient calls us, we get super excited. I don't think that feeling has changed since I opened the clinic. I mean, every time someone new calls, it's just another story, another life that we get to impact in a positive way because uh, we love what we do. All right, so there it is, four perceptions of migraines that can be detrimental this is the Headache Doctor podcast where it's our mission to educate and empower everyone with headaches and migraines so you can break free from a life of fear of your next headache or migraine and dependence on medication. Thanks for listening.